Welcome to Ancestral Health Today, evolutionary insights into modern health. Hi, Anne. Welcome to the Ancestral Health Today podcast. How are you today? Hi, good morning. I'm great. That's wonderful to hear. Morning from Colorado. Yes, amazing. Um, so, and let's talk about yourself a little bit. If you can introduce yourself, just to tell our audience a little bit about you, who you are, um, and just uh, for them to get to know you a little bit. Hi, I live in near Denver in Colorado. I've been in education my entire life as a history teacher and then substitute teaching most of my life. I have had many health issues that have brought me into the Ancestral Health Symposium. I've been volunteering there since 2016. Wonderful. That's quite a quite a bit of time volunteering. Yes. Yeah. It's fun. Um, so tell me a little bit about your health issues, whatever you feel comfortable sharing and, um, you know, how that correlates with Ancestral Health. Sure. Um, in tw- 2005, after the birth of my second daughter, Uh, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, had to relearn how to walk, talk, use my left hand, left face. Um, I believed I'd be in a wheelchair by the time my kids were graduating high school, but that was not the case at all. Um, I feel like information I've learned about ancestral health has really changed the course of that dramatically, where I'm able to work full time and lead a very full life. In 2020, I was diagnosed with an eye condition that really, really altered my life though. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Uh, January of 2020, I had a three week headache. um, And I, nothing would touch this headache at all. I was trying ibuprofen, different pills, different everything, nothing was touching it. And I could barely stand to be in a classroom. So finally somebody convinced me to put sunglasses on and the headache went away. I went to my ophthalmologist. Uh, I already have another eye condition that is the leading cause of blindness in people under 40. And my ophthalmologist diagnosed me with Stargardt's macular degeneration. It's more commonly known as juvenile macular degeneration, but I have adult onset. I'm 49 years old, but when you look up Stargardt's macular degeneration, it does cause legal blindness. There's no treatment. There's no cure. There's no hope. You just prepare to go blind within, he said, one decade from 2020. So that's what I was facing in January, 2020, just before the world fell apart from COVID. Uh, When I went to the Ancestral Health Symposium that year, I went around and I asked friends there, I asked a Stanford researcher, I asked a couple MDs, what would you do with this diagnosis? Because from that community, I know that what the doctors tell us is not necessarily accurate. It's not necessarily a dead end. I have hope within that ancestral community, within that wisdom, that we can improve our situations. And all three of them independently, without hesitation, told me to try red light therapy. And oh, back then, just to survive the normal environment, I was wearing 
glasses tinted as dark as they could be, plus old grandma wraparound glasses to block all light, plus a hat to block the light above me, just to tolerate a normal environment. Um, when they would dilate my eyes at the eye doctor, it did not get brighter. Normally when they dilate your eyes, you're like blinded from the bright lights and it really hurts you and might give you a headache or a migraine. It's, it's so bright from the dilation, but that was my baseline. It crept up on me, but that's where I was living. Why, why I needed the double sunglasses and everything. Um, and so for these three people at AHS to tell me to, to use red light therapy, I, like, okay, maybe that'll work, but I can't physically look at light because it was as if my eyes were dilated all the time. That level of brightness. I stopped working in January, 2020, because I couldn't tolerate a classroom anymore. I didn't know what kind of work I could do without, uh, where I could tolerate the environment, the lighting. So, so yes, all three of them in August, 2020 told me to try red light therapy and I'm like, great idea, but I just can't do it. And then I was talking to Karen Pendergrass, who is the creator of the Paleo Foundation. And she told me the same thing. She said, and you need to do photo, she calls it photo bio, photo biomodulation. More technical term for red light therapy. And as I'm typing to her and I say, no, Karen, I can't look at a light. She sends me a Google Doc with all of her research because her mother also has macular degeneration. And she says, and this is the machine you need to buy. <laughs> it's $60 on Amazon. This will change your life. Give it a try. And so with that, I, I bought the machine. I figured six, cause I figured it'd be a $10,000 machine or something just not, not worth the gamble because you don't know if anything will work or not. And, and I mean, everything about my condition says that it's unavoidable and, and you do go blind. Okay. So let's go back to that time you buy the yes. machine. Mm -hmm. um, and what happened the first time you used it? So with the machine, I, the only research I could find on NCBI about photobiomodulation for Stargardt's macular degeneration. There was one study back then with 12 people. So extremely early days, the study was ongoing. There was no information about it yet. And in that study though, the protocol was three minutes in the morning, three minutes at night. So that's the protocol that I used. I used this machine. It's a Bure machine. It's a German made machine. It's got a timer on it. And so I set the timer. I set the timer for three minutes every morning, three minutes at night. I just made it part of my routine. Like I drink coffee. You don't have to look at it. The light penetrates your tissues. I believe it's three to four centimeters in. So you can close your eyes with it. You can look down at your cell phone while that's on. You don't have to look at it or anything it to work. Um, but I tolerated it just fine. It's effectively a heat lamp. It produces a lot of heat and that heat is actually very um, kind of calming to me. 
very nice. Um, but I just made it part of my routine. It gave me hope. And I believe it was about two weeks later that I was back at my eye doctor because back then I was seeing the eye doctor every six weeks, the ophthalmologist every six weeks. And when I did the eye exam, reading the letters on the chart, I was back to 2020. I had been to at 1720 before. And after just two weeks of three minutes in the morning, three minutes in the evening, I was back to 2020 vision. So my clarity improved. I wasn't exactly sure if my light sensitivity was improving because it was so, it's such a gradual process. But within two months, I was sure that my light sensitivity was improving. It was getting a little bit easier to work in the world and, and do things. Um, but, but my functional vision was so affected by this light sensitivity. Like I really couldn't see things in the dark. I couldn't um, differentiate things. If, if there's something black on black, I would just not be able to see it. Were you able to drive? I, of course, wanted to keep driving, but that's a really good question because there for a while, I avoided driving when the sun, I called it when the sun was in my window. <laughs> so if the, sun, if the sun's above the car, I'm fine with, with my double sunglasses and everything. But if the sun is, is in my car window, it's too bright for me. And I just decided it wasn't safe. And so for six months or more, I did not drive. Yeah, I that's yeah. sometimes unsafe even without having that issue because oh, yeah. you know it can it can be pretty blinding at certain angles. Um, I can't imagine you know having that um, sensitivity and um, you know trying to navigate in a car at that time. That must have been very scary. It it was it was a terrible time because I believed I was going blind. I was connecting, this is during 2020. We're a few months into 2020 now, and we're spending so much time online. I stopped working, so a lot of time online. So I was learning all the accessible features on my phone, on my computer, to make it easier for me, make the print bigger, all of these things. I was connecting into the low vision communities online, learning how they function, how do they, go through their lives? What kind of work do they do? What is their quality of life like? How, how do you, I joined a, a blind book club <laughs> and that was a really nice social experience for me um, to just kind of normalize where I thought I was going. Yeah. So at two months, you are noticing that your light sensitivity is improving. So yes. walk me through, you know, what happens further down the line. Well, in time, I was finding research on this, claiming, saying that um, only morning exposure to red light therapy was helpful. So the evening three minutes of the machine was not giving me any benefit. Mm. So then I, when I learned about that, I spoke Do you remember why? I, I, I believe in nature, there's more red light and, and someone else I think can explain this better, but I believe sunlight has more red light in the morning 
sun than later in the day. And so that must be just how our bodies are wired, what we expect is, is my guess. Okay. But I honestly can only speak to my personal experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but when I learned about that about six months in, I, I dropped the three minutes of red light therapy in the evening and only did six minutes. I, I put all my minutes into the morning, did six minutes every morning. And then when I went to the eye doctor about six months in, the ophthalmologist, and he dilated my eyes, it got brighter. It got brighter, which was magical. And I welcomed so much because I'm going every six weeks and they dilate my eyes. It's like, I'm waiting for it to get brighter. It doesn't get brighter. But about six months in, my eyes were actually seeing the effects of, of the dilation drops, which in my case was a very welcome change toward normalcy. What is your doctor saying about this progression? Yes. So I did ask my doctor after Karen showed me all of her research, I, I came to my, my ophthalmologist. He's at a university hospital and it's quite interesting because university hospitals, I kind of have mixed feelings about because they often don't like, in my experience, they often are weary of the cutting edge frontiers of what we're learning because They've, they've told me in no uncertain terms before, no, the research says this, so I will not prescribe it this way. I will not allow this for you. And I, I've been the patient that has been their poster child, that they have to change what they know personally. And so with this doctor, though, I shared the research with them. I asked, would this, would this hurt me if I try red light therapy? Like he can't really recommend it because he doesn't maybe know so much about it. But I said, is this safe? Because I'm being, fa I'm faced with going blind in 10 years. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's a very delicate decision to make. Yeah. Yes. What do I have to lose? Honestly, yeah. what do I have to lose? And his, his answer I thought was so interesting. He just, he looked me in the eyes and he said, Anne, he said, there's some very, very interesting research going on right now with red light therapy. He said, you're welcome to try it. He said, I don't know if it will help, but it won't hurt. Bingo, green light. So I started and about six months in, my eyes are seeing a change when they dilate my eyes at the ophthalmologist's office. He's like sharing my excitement because he's an ophthalmologist. He, he sees people decline all day long. And so it was really exciting to get to go in and share great news with him. Um, I, about a year in, when I was, was going to get new glasses and get a new prescription, I was able to get glasses with a little bit less tint. So these have less tint than my first year glasses. My first year glasses, you really couldn't see my eyes even this much. And were you wearing those all the time? Of course. Yeah. Because it was as if my eyes were nearly dilated. Yeah. I had a plastic film on all the windows in my house because you can imagine every window, every source of light was just blinding to me. And I was really particular which light bulbs I would use. I really hate the LED lights. I, I just 
really toned down my environment quite a bit. I would only go on walks when it was already dark outside. I'd wear the hat because the street lights were too much. All of these things. Um, so yeah, about one year I got glasses that had less tint. And then um, this is 2023 and last, but last month, this last summer, summer's flown by. In June this summer, I flew to Latvia in Eastern Europe where summer solstice is a huge celebration. And I went to a summer solstice celebration with my Latvian friends. It's the longest day of the year. So the, they're very far from the equator. The sun barely sets. You stay up all night long. It's a wonderful celebration. And to me, it was a huge triumph that I could do that, that I could enjoy it. And I, I actually didn't even wear any sunglasses. I just wore my clear glasses. I got that is amazing. Yes. I got these clear glasses. It would have been September of 2022 that I got these glasses. No, September 2022, I got these totally clear glasses. And I've been really good with them. So that's a year and three quarters. Uh, no, two years and three quarters, I think. So January 2020. No, I didn't start red light therapy till July of 2020. So July of 2020 until September of 2022, I went from double sunglasses and a hat to clear glasses and summer solstice. Yeah, that is amazing. Really, now, really amazing. I, I do this machine. I use the machine every single morning. Um, a couple weeks ago, I skipped two mornings. Like life just got busy and I'm like, ah, it's fine. Because once in a while... I'll skip one day a week, a couple times a month, maybe. But I had a week where I missed two days and I noticed light sensitivity was worse than it, than my usual. So I really do use this every single day. I brought it with me when I went to Europe. It's my best friend. If I go somewhere overnight, it comes with me. That's fine. That's, that's fine. great. Yeah. That is absolutely wonderful. Now, um, how many minutes are you doing now in the mornings? Yes, I do eight minutes every morning now. Okay. It's just part of my morning routine as I'm getting ready in the morning. I sit down with it, have coffee. Um, I actually scroll through my phone <laughs> when it's on and it just, no big deal. Is there a plan to increase that time or is there a reason why you would need to increase that time? I only increased it from six minutes till eight to eight. Um, because I was having such good benefits mm -hmm. and it seemed easy enough. I, I'm a slow coffee drinker and yeah, no, yeah. no, no actual reason. I just kind of fell into it. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, and what does your doctor say now? What is his reaction? Oh. What is he, is he recommending this to other patients? What's, what's going on on that end? Well, he tells me that he no longer believes I will go totally blind. How great Amazing. is that? Yes. yes. I mean, really, Stargardt's macular degeneration, that's legal blindness, no treatment, no cure. And yeah. I, I'm altering the course of that for sure. Who, who knows what the future brings? But I have hope. I'm working full time in all environments, and I feel great. I feel what, great. When were you able to go back to work? 
Um, I went back to work in October of 2021 and I started working as a caregiver then. So I was working um, for older people with dementia in their homes. And that was a better environment for me too, because I'm working with a single person in their home, not in a government classroom with those terrible lights. So I could usually avoid bad lighting situations. I could wear my sunglasses hat, like people don't care. You work in a high school, kids look at you funny, it can be an issue. Mm-hmm. But you work with an older person, they're pretty, pretty uh, understanding. And so, yeah, I, I went back to work as a caregiver and that was really enjoyable to me um, and an environment that I could tolerate. And then I went back to substitute teaching in October last year. So October, 2022. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's been great. And have you maintained that? Oh, yeah. I'm there every day. Perfect. And how many hours can you? There are eight hour days. I'm, I'm oh, there. Oh, so you're day. there all, all day yes. without um, having a setback or causing any issues. Right. Um, once in a while, maybe once a month or something, there's an environment. And this hasn't happened for a few months. But there, there can be an environment that's just a little triggering for me that just sets mm-hmm. off. And I get... Um, I get light induced migraines too. And I have for several years, like 18 years. Um, But I, so I keep these sunglasses in my school backpack. I keep the hat in my backpack if the overhead light bothers me too much so that I always kind of have those tools in my toolkit in case I need a little assistance. Wonderful. Have you ever done the full body um, red light therapy? Oh, what a great question. So I wanted to go to Latvia since I was in college and I went in September of 2022 to Latvia for the very first time. So about a year ago and I got there, I brought my awesome lamp. I had the adapter, the European adapter. I plug it in at the hotel and it goes zap and blows up. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm like, Oh, what do I do now? So I'm at my hotel and I Google red light Riga and then I Google red light therapy Riga (laughs) and I find a red light therapy place. It was called floaty. It's a little spa and they have stand up machines, stand up um, red light machines. My friends thought they were exorbitantly expensive at 10 euros for 10 minutes. I think it was. Oh my goodness. I would kill to have that price over here. I know 10 euros, <laughs> maybe $11. And, yeah. and so it's like, Oh, it's okay. I really need this. It, it's fine. So we'd walk 20 minutes every day to go and I would get this therapy and I would stand in it. And yes, it was full body. And so I would take advantage and expose as much skin to just take in the full experience because this red light therapy Uh, is is obviously not just great for your eyes, but it's great for your whole body. Um, The research there, athletes use red light therapy to promote healing. It increases circulation and um, gets more nutrients to the tissues that need it. And it's just a wonderful, very tolerable modality. Yeah, absolutely. Um, The first time I tried it, it was a full body 
machine and it was $60 for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, so they're not cheap over here. And I think that was a special, actually. I don't know, you know, wow. what the price. This place was opening. It was the first month that they were opening sure. and I actually went twice. Um, and for me, the effect that I felt immediately was a significant increase in my energy. So like you, I have a lot of health conditions and, you know, really uh, debilitating fatigue can be one of them. Yes. So, um, you know, I just said, let's try this one day and, um, you know, walking out of there within a half an hour, my energy was completely changed. So that was a great experience. And then I talked to you and you recommended that I buy the machine. So I don't tend to do it every day, but now I'm motivated to do that. I usually do it just on those days where, you know, my energy really tanks. Yeah. Um, and then it gives me a, a really good boost. But, you know, I'll nice. definitely try to do it on the con on a consistent basis because it seems like those benefits can be sustained that way. Definitely. I've got three friends, three girlfriends in their early 60s. And one has macular degeneration. The others are concerned about it. And they all three bought the same machine. And so we'll get, go to the mountains together. Sometimes one of us will bring the machine. We pass it around. But my friend with macular degeneration, she was having shots in her eye um, every time she was going to her eye doctor. I think she might have been going every six weeks to maybe 12. But she was getting eye shots and then... After starting red light therapy, she didn't need the shots anymore for like oh, wow. a year or something. And then she told me last month she had to get a shot. I said, how's the machine going? She said she hasn't been using it. Oh, wow. So very interesting. Yeah, definitely. Interesting. Definitely and interesting. And I hope that a lot more research continues yes. to be done. Yeah. And many different um, applications for it, for sure. Um, so let's pivot a little bit to ancestral health. Um, yes. You mentioned at the beginning that um, you have a mess and yes. that you found ancestral health and that, you know, you've had great benefits from the concepts that you've learned at AHS. Tell me a little bit more about that. Sure, sure. So I've been volunteering at Ancestral Health Symposium since about 2016. And I love health-related things, science-y things. I'm a history major, so I, it's not quite my primary language, of course, but I really love to get this information. I love the um, enthusiasm of the crowd. I love the shared knowledge. It's very PhD-heavy, but I always feel comfortable asking whatever question I have of anybody within the group because we're all coming with the same fundamental beliefs and understanding about things. Um, one year, maybe my might've been 2017, uh, TRICARE had just denied my multiple sclerosis drug. I was on an infusion twice a month, uh, twice a year for my MS. And it was working beautifully, no relapses, no disease progression, but TRICARE in their infinite wisdom decided not to pay for it anymore. And I was pretty anxious about it. I was doing appeals. I was appealing it. Um, 
I eventually got approved at a, fe a federal level appeal against TRICARE. I won a federal appeal against TRICARE because that's what I do. But at AHS that year, I talked to Rob Wolf and I, I asked, well, what would you recommend to help when I can't get the drug that's helped me so much? And he takes me aside. He says, Anne, I would try the fasting mimicking diet. And I'm, you know, in his presence, I'm like, okay, Rob, anything you say, that's wonderful. I can do that. But in reality, eating very little food for five days scared me and was very difficult. And like I said, I, I was approved to continue taking the drugs. So the urgency of that kind of change got pushed back. Um, but I ended up trying this fasting mimicking diet, which is actually vegan. I mean, like it, to me, it, in many ways, it goes against ancestral principles on the contents of the food in that way. But we can adjust it to fit fit better. Um, I, I, the, the fasting mimicking diet that you can buy includes beans, includes lentils, includes some things that we don't necessarily eat in a, on a paleo diet, um, but we can adjust it to make it fit our needs. But this diet is five days. It's about 760 calories a day. You eat a lot of vegetable soup, maybe 10 almonds for breakfast, some herbal tea. And after five days, you produce more stem cells. It kills autoimmune cells. That's how it could help the MS and other autoimmune conditions. And it kills cancer cells, which we all have. And the creator of it, Dr. Walter Longo from USC, he's been researching this longevity for 30 years. He says that everyone should do it. Even he says Olympic athletes should do fasting mimicking at least twice a year. So, so your most prime people should do it twice a year. And he says people with autoimmunity might do it monthly, as often as monthly. That's the most often you would do it. So I did it 10 or 11 times that year this fasting mimicking diet. Even on your medication? Yes, with my medication. Okay. I did the fasting mimicking diet and um, hoping that it could just alleviate the MS even more. Because like you, I deal with a lot of fatigue. Um, I didn't notice any dramatic results from the MS, because my MS is actually pretty quiet and calm and doesn't bother me too much, aside from that fatigue, which everyone complains they're tired, so kind of no big deal. But what it fixed was my shoulder. I, doing CrossFit five, six years before, I partially tore my rotator cuff in my right shoulder. And for these five or six years, I was unable to lift my right hand above my shoulder. I couldn't reach in the closet and do normal things. I went to a surgeon. He said it was inoperable. Couldn't help me. And I think then I was maybe 39, 40. I'm like, really? I'm this young and I can't move my shoulder? This is silly. This is ridiculous. But after three cycles of the fasting mimicking diet, three of the five-day cycles, so three months, I realized that I could move my hand up. Like I had to rebuild muscle, but I had range of motion again. So I believe completely that 
uh, fasting mimicking diet produced stem cells and repaired my shoulder. That's amazing. It's so it's amazing. So cool. So mm. yeah, I'll use that if if I get too many aches and pains, if I feel like my body's a soft tissue is not not doing great, I know that that's how I can pick up and improve it. And then that year, and which AHS would that be? It was the San Diego AHS. I think seventeen. Well, I don't. Th- I think it was after that. Okay. But UC San Diego, I was a speaker. It was the one after Seattle. But I was a speaker about the fasting mimicking diet. I spoke about my experiences on the fasting mimicking diet, which was very exciting. And I just remembered when I gave that talk, I talked a little bit about my vision problems. And I said that I had hoped that it could improve my vision with this light sensitivity. But um, sadly, it had no effect. So yeah, that, that's why I did 10, 11 cycles of it over a year, because I imagined it could help my eyes. But it did not affect my Stargardt's macular degeneration. That's a genetic condition, recessively inherited, super lucky. <laughs> but um, I'm just happy I found the red light therapy that helps the eyes. Yeah, that is that is amazing results and um, just a different outlook on your future, you know, from expecting to go totally blind to being able to go back to, you know, um, how you were before. Exactly. Live live the life that I had. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, So you said you do continue to do the fast and mimic diet every once in a while? Every once in a while. It's it's been a while though. It's maybe been close to a year now. The last time I did it, I there was a, a death um someone very close to me two days in. I just I stopped. Like this is the wrong time for me to put my body under that level of stress. And then working in a school is just so taxing. Taxing, very, yeah. very very tiring that I've not done it. And with MS, I don't do well in the heat. So summer's not a great time for me either. Yeah. yeah. So we have lots of excuses for these things, but it's in my <laughs> bullshit. I know I can do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's not, if you're not feeling that pain and, you know, that yeah. um, shoulder issue, then, you know, right. it's something that you can have in your tool bag and know that you can use it if you need it. Yeah. Right. So what else kept you going to AHS? What else drew, drew oh, you? Oh, the connections, you? the motivation. Okay. It always, I, I, I'm like refreshed and, and motivated more to improve my health, to share with other people and help others. You know, I, I, I was so happy the last one I went to, I had no health problems that I needed help with. I finally wasn't bugging people, asking them for help. How do I improve this? Yeah, I felt really good about that. That is amazing. Yeah. What a testimony. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. So if people are looking for more information about red light therapy, um, where would you point them to? That's a very good question. And I don't have a great answer there. I really took Karen Pendergrass's research 
Um, there's a lot of NCBI studies, and this is back in 2020. I haven't looked there very recently, um, but there are studies there at NCBI that I would point toward. Um, and just look up photobiomodulation or yes. red light Ph therapy to photo find those. Photobiomodulation, yeah. I think, is the key word there. Photobiomodulation yeah. and macular degeneration. Yeah, and that way people can, you know, look up particular um, application that they may be yes. interested in and uh, see what the research says, if there's any research so far um, on that aspect. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and as far as the, um, the particular unit that you do use, could you spell um, the name for us? Yes. This is the machine. It's the only one made by this company, Beurer, B-E-U-R-E-R. -E -E it's a German-made machine. And it ranges from $60 to $70 on Amazon. And it's just been fabulous. Karen really emphasized to me at the beginning, only use this brand, only use this machine. Um, I think it's... Well, she, she really did all the research and I, I really very much trusted her because her mom, she did that to try to help her mom with her macular degeneration. Yeah. And it's great to have a source um, that is recommended and that, yes. you know, research has been, um, has been done on it yes. that, that, you know, puts a lot of weight on it. Wonderful. So, and is there anything that you would like to say to people listening that you would like to, for them to keep in mind in regards to red light therapy? Sure. I have just been nothing but pleased. I've been so happy that I, I, I tell people this is the best gamble of my life to try red light therapy because I was in a place where I was hopeless. I knew that I would be blind soon. And I was learning how I could live and navigate a life with no usable vision, legally blind. And this, Karen gave me hope. This machine gave me hope. And, and I, I mean, the improvement, look at that. I wear normal glasses where you can see my eyes and I can travel and there's light above me. I'm not wearing a hat. I'm not, I was getting headaches from that all the time from just lights in the environment. So I just feel, I feel normal and typical again. And I'm just so relieved, so happy and so thankful. And like I said, going in June to Latvia for summer solstice. Oh, actually here, this is my, my flower crown from summer solstice. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's what all the women wear there. Yes. Yeah, for people well, who are watching us on uh, video, they can see that now. But for those of you listening, you can go to um, the YouTube channel and see what she's talking about. It's really a, a really nice piece. Yes. Yes, it's made of flowers and different grasses or something. And the women there kind of stitch it together. And it's just this beautiful flower crown. Fascinating. And it's an amazing time. Yeah. Now, have you been um, have you been advised, or is there any research that indicates whether this is something that you will have to do for the rest of your life, um, or is there any period of time that it's it's sort of indicated for? 
I have not seen anything like that. But just from my experience that if I miss a couple days in a week that I'm more light sensitive, that tells me that I'll do this for my entire life. Yeah. And if it's giving you the results, why not? Yeah. Yeah. It's easy. I drink. It's very passive. That's it. I don't have to actively do anything. You don't Mm -hmm. have to get off the couch. (laughs) You know, you sit at the table. It's very simple. Yeah. I said, I scroll on my phone, drink my coffee. I'm going to do that anyway. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Very easy intervention to apply with, um, you know, so far that I know of and that you know of no uh, detrimental effects from doing that. And it's so affordable because I never imagined it could be that affordable. Like you talked about how expensive full body red light was. I never imagined a home device would be within reach. Yeah. That's the price of one session um, of where I can access near me uh, for full body. And again, if I remember correctly, the sessions that I did was on a special because it was the first right. month that the place was open. So even more expensive than that. So it's really, really worth considering if if someone, you know, can afford it. Absolutely. Yes. yes. And thank you so very much for being with us today. We'd really appreciate your insight and being able to share your personal experience with red light therapy. And um, I'm sure that a lot of people listening um, will be able to dig deeper into this and perhaps benefit as well. Yes, I hope so. I'm always happy to share what's working for me. And this has been kind of problematic though in trying to help other people because in health groups on Facebook, they kick you out when you try to share something beneficial and give people hope. Um, and, and that's really discouraging. Yeah, it is discouraging. I've, I've had that experience as well in terms of other things. And, um, it's a really difficult, um, position to be in because although we understand that not everything is going to be um, equally beneficial or even beneficial at all to everybody for many different reasons. Um, You know, it is discouraging to, to see that your experience is not validated as well. Yeah. It's like if somebody was, you know, not having the results that I am, I wouldn't not validate their experience because mine is different. Um, and yeah, that, that is something that is, is really unfortunate. Yeah. So your I, experience is your experience and you're not purporting this as something that is going to have equal effects for everyone. Right. But this is undeniable. This is undeniable how much it's helped me. And I really, really want to thank you for giving me a platform to share my story and hopefully reach other people who could also benefit from this. Yeah. And if there's nothing detrimental in trying it, even if you don't get any benefits, then, you know, that's, that's all that happens. You tried. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks again for being with us today and we really appreciate it. Um, And we look forward to hearing more from you in the future and how, you know, you continue to do well, thank you so much and best of luck to this awesome new podcast. Thank really you happy. so much. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Ancestral Health Today. 
We hope you enjoyed our discussion on how evolutionary insights can inform modern health practices. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to catch future episodes.